your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 204 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That'll get you 20% off your next order. Well, the Nodak Sends were in action not once, but twice over the weekend, and they started to slide. Could they regroup on Sunday night? We'll catch you up with all that, including the prowess of Shane Pinto and JBD. Hint, hint. They both played a lot of minutes on a shorthanded squad. Expect a lot of minutes out of Jake Sanderson. We'll let you know what the head coach of USA's junior team expects from the fifth overall Ottawa Senators draft pick. And hey, that was about the smoothest thing about the World Juniors recently. We'll tell you about some travel troubles there. But speaking of travel, another Senator out on loan is heading to our nation's capital. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, December 14th, and in one week from today, Tim Stutzla will play his first hockey game since being drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Pilsy, that's appointment viewing for me at 2 p.m. on a Monday. Yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when, when you're the third overall draft pick and you have to wait months and months just to see him in any sort of game action, we're not even talking about NHL action. We're talking about any action. More than practice drills and shooting pucks, I'm so stoked for this. I might even toss the Stutzla Ottawa Senators jersey on to watch that one. <laughs> Absolutely, and we waited even longer for the number three pick than the number five, although we have seen Jake Sanderson play those three games at Nodak. We're going to get to the Nodak Sens, and Shane Pinto, wow, we'll, we'll make you wait just a little bit longer to tell you about all kinds of accolades and, and impressive stats that he's been able to pile up through the NCHC pod, but what really caught my attention, and I mentioned it off the top, Nate Lehman, the head coach for Team USA, expects Jake Sanderson to log a lot of minutes saying, quote, it's tough to keep him off the ice. He has no real weakness. That is just music to my ears, Pilsy. Top four role maybe was a little too conservative. Could we see him realistically work his way into a top end minute for Team USA? I mean, it's hard to tell, like, uh, you're, you're really nitpicking when you're going from top four to top two, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he starts top four, plays his way into a top two role, but either of those roles is going to be great for Jake Sanderson coming into the World Juniors here, and yeah, we're going to see a lot of him on even strength. It's going to be interesting to see how they mix him in in the special teams as well. That's kind of what I was getting at, because you're right, a top four, it's pretty interchangeable. Maybe the difference being that high leverage face-off late in a game. You want that top pair out there every time. But more so, you know that when a coach says he has no weakness that that's the type of player you want over the boards every other shift. So for me, I believe he'll be on the PK right away. Just being able to know his role in the defensive zone, chip it off the glass and out. He's a safe player to have there despite being one of the youngest players on the team. However, it's on the power play, and there are some offensive defense when you expect Cam York, another left-handed shot. He's going to run that first power play unit, and he's a returning player. However, J. 
Jake Sanderson. I think, how could you not, after seeing the bomb he let go for his first NCAA goal, get that guy on the power play as well. Yeah, I'm with you. Probably first unit uh, PK and then second unit power play, which is great. I mean, he's, he's not a strictly offensive guy. So to have him on the top power play unit would probably be tough to justify. But he can, in flashes, he can get that offense going. Not only with his shot, he can make some crisp, smooth passes especially on the power play like let's say the other team dumps it into team usa zone they get a clear you want jake sanderson starting with that puck in his own end and creating the transitions like that is so massive being able to break into the into the blue line and not every defenseman can do that well even the offensive defensemen have troubles with that so his transition game is going to be crucial for team usa here yeah oh man i just honestly cannot wait for this tournament to get underway we're gonna tweet out at sense central we've done every sense fan a solid us included so we can keep track of our sense prospects and we made a calendar that only has finland germany usa and well we're still canadian so we added the canadian games in there too so we'll tweet that out next monday stay tuned for that but We got some UND hockey to talk about. And Shane Pinto, every time this guy plays, I just think back to our poll that had 9% of fans thinking that he was the more exciting prospect than Josh Norris. And I'm not ready to claim victory being the minority there. But every time this guy plays, he just impresses more and more. It's very clear that Shane Pinto is above the college game. I think if that season last year would have been fully complete, and let's be honest, UND probably wins a title, I think he rides off into the sunset in his collegiate career and either starts in Belleville or pushes for an Ottawa job. So he's, he's finishing his business this year, and I think that'll be it for him at UND. Well, if you've heard our interviews with Jake Brandt, with Alex Heinert, and with Pat Micheletti, these UND kids are treated like pros. You know he'll be able to step into that role in the NHL or AHL. Wherever there's room for him, he's going to contribute. And he does it offensively. He does it defensively. This guy is 113 and 58. So he's taken almost 200 face-offs, and he's won 66% of them. Last night, he won his final nine face-offs. I looked at the stats midway through the third. I was like, ah, oh, eight and eight. He's only 50%. Gross. And then he goes out, snaps nine in a row back, finishes 68%. So that's one thing that impresses. But Pilsy, this guy has a knack for if he gets one point, he's likely going to get another. Yeah, absolutely. He likes getting points in bunches. And maybe you're sitting there looking like, oh, it's mostly secondary assists though. But I find Shane Pinto's secondary assists are actually more crucial than usual. Like, it's not like the puck just touched the stick. He's the one starting the play. And that, that line of Gaber, Pinto, and Kawaguchi is just so amazing. And he's usually getting the puck to Kawaguchi. Kawaguchi is a really creative playmaker. I love what he does in, we'll call it, Gretzky's office behind the net. He's able to make those cross-ice passes to find guys back door. He did that with uh, Gaber and Pinto. Like, he's so clutch at that. So... Those three are really uh, clicking together, and Shane Pinto is distributing the puck. He's not just a face-off guy. Like, this guy is a playmaker as well. Case in point on that secondary assist talk is his assist on the first goal of the game against Western Michigan. By the way, UND, they lose to St. Cloud State on Saturday night. They're 0-2-1 in their last three, a.k.a. since the K-Train and Sanderson left for Team USA camp. But then they rebounded and well they won 8-2 the first time they played against Western Michigan a lot better of an effort from them 6-3 though the final score for North Dakota let's focus on that first goal though because I we retweeted it I said settle it down set it up that play 
to knock the puck down, a, a wobbling puck, and with pressure on him, being able to send it back to the point, get the puck to Kierstad, shot through, tip in from Reese Gaber. Great play by Gaber as well, but without Shane Pinto, that play just doesn't happen. Yeah, and exactly. That's the thing. And a lot of Shane Pinto's secondary assists too are face-off draw wins, right? He wins it back to the defenseman, defenseman slides it over, boom, one-timer. Like, the the efficiency of this guy is is just incredible. And uh, hey, let's let's not forget JBD either. He had a really good game. That goal that he scored, that's what I love to see from JBD because that's that's going out of character for him, but doing it in a smart, calculated time. Like JBD doesn't often join the rush and he doesn't often charge the net, but he saw an opportunity where that whole left side of the ice was just crowded and bunched with players. He knew he could get a jump on uh, the Western Michigan guy and he drove the net hard and got that goal. That's the kind of thing where you want JBD to be the stay-at-home guy, but pick your spots. And he picked his spot and it was a beauty. Backdoor right to the post, made no mistake when the puck got to his stick. Just like the rap group Naughty by Nature said, we'll switch the words a little bit because we're down with JBD. Yeah, you know me. And you mentioned him being a defensive defenseman. He's got 28 points in his last 39 games, and he's plus 26 over that span. So this is a guy who I am just so fired up to see at the next level. Congrats. You know that it's probably starting to weigh, right? It's, it's the seventh game of the year. This guy scored seven goals last year. Nice to pop the cherry and get on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to see a lot more from JBD, especially like UND. This is going to be tough with only 17 skaters, five defensemen and the new pro like schedule. This is going to be really tough on their top guys. I'm talking JBD, Pinto, Kawaguchi, Kierstad, these guys, and especially the goalie shield. They're going to have to elevate their game massively if this team's going to make it down the stretch, especially when they get into playoffs and stuff like that. So it's going to be really fun to watch JBD rise here. And he's basically a number one defenseman for this team going forward. Well, you mentioned that they played with 17 skaters. Couldn't even ice a full lineup between injuries and with the two Nodak sends at the World Junior Camp. First time that they played with less than 18 skaters since 2012. But they were able to improve to four two and one Pillsy, it takes all sorts of energy when you're in a pod and that's why you gotta hope the nodak sends we know that they're treated like a pro team so get the best for you and that is built bar because built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they come in so many flavors there could literally there were 17 players in that nodak sends lineup last night well there's 16 amazing flavors of built bar you could literally have a different flavor for every other player Sorry about the backup, Tendy. We still respect you. There's eight chocolate nut flavors. There's eight chocolate nut free, but they are all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Listen, Built Bars, they're great for the health conscious guy or girl too. Don't think of it because the word candies, even in the slogan, that isn't it. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars are a nutritional grand slam. They have low calorie, low sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. Everything you want in a protein bar. But how do you narrow it down from 16 amazing flavors to what you choose today? That's why we have Pillsy's Pick of the Week. Oh, yeah. Pillsy's Pick of the Week is back. And Ross, shout out to you. I'm going to pick your favorite flavor. How about a mint brownie built bar? You get that mint flavor, that double chocolate. As you know, built bar covered in 100% real chocolate. And then you get the brownie flavor too. So eat it up. Mint Brownie, Built Bar. 
Go to BuiltBar.com to check out all the amazing flavors that they have to offer and use the promo code Locked On. That way they'll know that we sent you and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off your first order. So, Pillsy, final note here on the Nodak Sends. Shane Pinto recorded his fourth multi-point game in the pod out of seven. He's got points in five of seven. And in those multi-point games, he has three two-assist games and then obviously that 8-2 blowout with two goals and an assist. So, leading the way in the pod scoring-wise is Shane Pinto and getting his first, much like JBD, was Angus Crookshank out in New Hampshire. Maybe a bit forgotten, but damn that was a nice snipe yeah Angus Crookshank the best name in the organization and not just one goal Ross he had two two goals in his first game and yeah that first goal good net front presence he bats in the rebound and then the second goal this is what I really like from Crookshank he accepts the pass on his backhand in stride gets a jump on the defender knows he's got him beat so he drives wide with one hand on his stick and then quickly shifts to forehand and roofs it on the goalie that's a that's the kind of play where remember when we were doing the prospect reports for ages and ages leading up to the draft one of the things we always tried to clue in on is is this a guy that can help support a line or is this a guy that drives a line and from what i saw from angus cookshank he looked like a guy that was driving that line uh in last game i mean two goals in your first game how are you Yeah, it's about time that it starts, right? They were supposed to get going nearly a month ago, weren't able to. Stupid coronavirus, always kind of messing everything up. But now he's played two games. He's got two goals under his belt, and you just love to see it. He had a really good year last year, upping it to 16 goals in 34 games. Still a minus four on a New Hampshire team that isn't going to impress anybody with a, a run to the national championship or anything. But if he can have another solid season, this is junior year, third year in the league. So I think that after this, you're ready to move on and hopefully find a spot in the Belleville lineup based on what you've seen out of Crookshank here so far. Is he a guy that would be on your radar to sign? I think so for sure. Like he's obviously there's still a lot of time left here, but this is a guy that the Sens obviously had faith in drafting him, and I could see him playing a bottom six role in Belleville in the upcoming future sometime. Yeah, hope so, and we'll keep our eye on that. Um, meanwhile, a couple lower draft picks who maybe don't get signed. I'd say the jury's still out, but uh, good to see Victor Lodine get back on the score sheet. Shout out, by the way, Jonathan Dolan. Maybe uh, making my, uh, what would you call it, meltdown uh, when the Sens traded him for Alex Burrows, that guy is up to like almost two points per game with Timmer right now. And of course, a teammate of Victor Lodine. Yeah, meltdown definitely isn't the right word. I think uh, we had to censor about four or five tweets that we had to take down uh, that were, uh, we'll, we'll call them aggressive towards uh, Burrows being acquired by the Ottawa Senators. But where does anyone even own the rights to Jonathan Dolan these days? He's been flipped around a lot of times. Yeah, the Sharks. I believe the Sharks acquired him from Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, hey, with the age in that lineup, maybe they will have to get him in uh, in sooner than rather than later. Might be their top prospect. Oh, man. Well, one of the Sens' first-round picks, not quite top prospect, but Lassie Thompson is heading to North America. And we were wondering, because the Liga was scheduled to come back, still is, for December 16th, which is just a couple days away. So we thought, hey, all the Swedish ones are coming back. You know, Brandstrom's coming back from Switzerland. But looks like 
Lassie Thompson as well. So that surprised a couple of people. I know Elite Prospects contributor Lassie Allen and was saying he's only averaging 11 minutes. He's got two assists, no goals, and really took a step back from a, a solid performance in last year with, uh, with Eels. But if you read the report from Pierre Dorian when he was loaned there, this was always the plan. So would you have left him over there assuming that without uh, Yuso Valamaki anymore, maybe you get a bigger role? Or is the right thing to do get him back to the North American game? Well, like you mentioned, Dorian said this was always the plan. He was. It's, it's very clear that uh, Dorian wants Lassie Thompson probably playing a top two role in Belleville this year. But as we've learned in the year of 2020, things don't always go according to plan. Well, it would be nice for Lassie Thompson to take over for Jordan Murray. Like in that role in Belleville. Yeah, I was a big fan of Jordan Murray, actually. I, I was uh, a little sad to see him go, especially with how much defense flipping the Belleville Senators had to do. But we- All-time uh, leader in games played for the Belleville Senators, Jordan Murray. Yeah, and he racks up a bunch of points. Like, the kid is solid. But uh, sticking with Lassie Thompson here, man, this, this did not go according to plan for him in Finland. Like, he was supposed to maybe dominate is a, is a bit too aggressive of a word, but he was supposed to succeed there. And two points in 18 games. And I think it was near the start of the season that he had those two assists. He had them both back to back and then just zeros and healthy scratches. I mean, he was a zero in the plus minus. Like, I think it's very clear that he needs some more work before. Like, he is not NHL ready. That's clear. If anything, he he needs to spend more time in Ilves and then come play Belleville for quite a while because this is not going according to plan. I'm excited to see him in Belleville. And I'm glad you mentioned that he was even this year. How about this? He was even this year, he was even last year, and he was even in his full year in Kelowna. So in his last three years of hockey, he is exactly even in the plus-minus category. Yeah, you got to love some consistency, but geez, being an even player with the Kelowna Rockets when you were one of their best players and racked up a lot of points, that's not so great. I mean, that's a couple of years ago, so that's not a big deal. But look, we're, I'm, I'm not saying I've totally uh, discarded Lassie Thompson here. He's got a lot of time. And with the amount of high-profile defenseman draft picks the Ottawa Senators have, if he doesn't pan out immediately, that's fine. We can take some time with Lassie here. He's a good right-shot defenseman that I think will, will do well in the North American game in Belleville as their top pair defenseman on the right side. And just remember, he missed being eligible for this year's World Juniors by two months. So and him and Pinto, damn. I know, isn't that too bad? They uh, and those two got in a scrap the one game actually. Now talking <laughs> about it, putting those names together, they were feisty. That would have been great to see a little rivalry rematch there with Team USA and Finland. Yeah, they sure were. And uh, Lassie Thompson wore the C for Finland last year. So played a captaincy role and he was plus one. So that makes him overall in the last three years, a plus player. And don't let, <laughs> don't let anyone I mean, tell if you're you zero, you're still a plus player. Uh, I'd say you're an even player. You're not a minus. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely valid. <laughs> the math guy over there. Uh, but you'll remember before his loan in his draft year, you mentioned Kelowna, 41 points, 17 goals. So if that's a sign of things to come, like you mentioned how maybe be a more of a plus player, I bet you many of those were Tom bombs on the power play. So no yep. plus in that situation, but still he needs to get back to that offensively gifted player we know is in there with a heavy, heavy shot. So hopefully Lassie Thompson can get back to that form that he showed with the heavy shot on the power play. And no matter how big or small the transaction is, you know that the Locked On Senators podcast is your home 
for daily Ottawa and Belleville Senators content as well as the Nodak Sends. So make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast and start your week off every Monday with Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato. She interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in the entire hockey world. You can get reactions there for Brockbuster Trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. So right after you subscribe to Locked On Senators, subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to be excited to follow Locked On NHL as the World Junior gets closer because, hey, there's a ton of future NHL talent there, as long as they can get them to the rink because – There was a bit of travel struggle. Every team, it seems, maybe a couple excluded, including Timmy Superstar, who was with Team Germany. But they're trying to pack these guys on like sardines. Two of the charter planes, one carrying Finland, Russia, and Sweden. The other one with the Czech Republic, Slovakia, and Austria. What's going on here, Pilsy? Travel these days is not easy, especially when you're trying to pack a couple teams into a plane. And this is... I mean, like I said, travel's not easy, but you got to do a little better than this. Like, this is just an all-out gong show here. Trying to get players to have their bags in seats beside them. Just too much weight for these planes. And, uh, Ross, you mentioned it off-air. They're talking about refueling in multiple spots. Like, what kind of – I'm not an aviation expert here, but what kind of planes are these guys taking where the fuel is that small they got to stop for multiple pit stops when in a time where you should not be stopping at all? But – for all the people that are complaining and being like, oh, this isn't safe, like uh, we're, we're forcing these kids into unsafe situations, sure, leading up to getting into the bubble has been a complete gong show. There's no question about that. Just ask Team Sweden what's been going on there. But once they are in the bubble, there's no safer place. We saw the NHL bubble go through months without a single positive test. So once they're in there, it's the safest place. It's safer than if they were at home, honestly. So once they're there, we're going to get good hockey. It's going to be fine, but let's just hope they get there. That's just it. So uh, we're, we're hoping because, as we mentioned off top of the show, it's one week until the pre-tournament games begin, and we're going to have all sorts of coverage. I reached out again. We always aim high with our guests, and it's often that they come through. So everyone knock on wood, and you could have the number one home-to-world junior coverage as well. But we will be there every step of the way. Pilsy, is there a team or a player, let's say out of the Senators teams, where it's USA, it's Germany, it's Finland, and, well, of course, we love Canada all the same. Is Which team are you most looking forward to at the World Juniors? It's Team Germany. I mean, come on. We've been waiting. We've been we've been hoping to see Timmy Stutzla play. I'm a German guy. Um, I think it's going to be great to watch. And Tim Stutzla, he's going to get more ice time than anyone, probably even more ice time than Sanderson, if not close. So he's going to be on the ice at all times, probably the captain of that team. And I can't wait to see what he can do in a stage where, look, this is a guy that's been playing pro hockey last year. What's he going to do when he's on the same competition and age level as his peers? He's going to dominate. That's what he's going to do. I also can't wait to see Team Finland. Like, how how do they set up with Robbie Arventi? We know he's a trigger man, but they've got all sorts of playmakers. Like Anton Lundell, this guy's already a captain of his Liga team. So I think that he would be an awesome guy to see Robbie get to play with. There's all sorts of intrigue because literally he could be on the fourth line or the first line. I have no idea what's going on with Team Finland right now. 
one thing I know is he's got to find his way onto a power play unit for sure. Like you said, a trigger guy. We saw what he could do uh, when he was playing over in Finland in the pro league. Like this guy, once he gets set up and he gets space with the puck, he's so hard to stop. I love his release. I love his offensive mind put. I think you're going to see him at very least be a guy on the second power play unit for Team Finland. Oh, well, all these questions will hopefully soon be answered. We'll be with you every step of the way. And one more note before we go today, because Lassie Thompson, he's on his way over, but Vitaly Abramov still has not been reassigned. Their next game coming up here in the next couple of days, do you think he'll be in the lineup or is he soon to be on a plane to Ottawa as well? Yeah, this is interesting to me. Like for, we talked about it before, in my mind, you, you got these scenarios flipped. Like you want to keep Lassie Thompson playing in Finland a little bit longer. And Abramov has been lighting it up and you probably want him coming to camp, battling for that left wing spot and trying to prove that if he's not a, a left winger in the NHL, he's a top line left winger in Belleville. So I thought that was a little strange. And I would, I'd be surprised if we didn't hear news about Abramov also coming over pretty soon here. I was about to say their next game was December 16th, but now it looks crossed out on the site where I find it. So it doesn't look like Jukurit will be playing until December 28th if this schedule is right. So there's no way that he's going to still be over there. It's just a matter of time until Abramov is back, just like it's a matter of time before we're with you again for tomorrow's show. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.